0: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast, Gary. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show. You're going to hopefully break down a little bit about Oswald and his travel, um, where he went, when when did he get there, how did he get there, who we talked to. Um, can you just take me basically to the first place he went to? I'm guessing that's the Radio Factory in Minsk, right?
1: Well, you you mean after he goes to Russia? Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> let's let's talk a little bit about his time in the marines first because that leads him into russia and of course a lot of it's a mystery but basically what happened was oswald was stationed in japan at Atsugi, which was one a cia base it was not only a cia base it was a u2 base and it was an mk ultra base so right away you get suspicious as to what What's going on with Oswald? Why was he allowed to bring subversive material in the mail? Communist things. Talk about it. Suddenly he is involved with a Japanese girl at a club called the Queen Bee. Now the Queen Bee was mostly for officers, which it cost a lot of money to go there, like a country club almost. And there were. It was a center for uh, spying international spies and they had like 80 women that worked there that were basically prostitutes and that they were they were signed by different people to get information from the, the personnel that hung out at the queen bee somehow oswald is going there on his salary which is he couldn't possibly afford and he is dating a japanese girl and He goes to his, according to his friend, David Bucknell, he went to his commanding officer and told him that this Japanese girl was trying to get information from him. And his his commanding officer said, let me talk to someone, CIA, uh, Naval Intelligence, whatever and so he gets a meeting with a guy who he didn't know who was and they encourage him to continue dating this girl this japanese girl as um part of his patriotic duty to help his country so when he gets involved with this girl then he, then he gets involved with japanese communists and he leaves the, and goes on weekends, he would go into Japan, into uh, Tokyo, and he would hang out with these communists. Obviously, this is when he became a contact. You know, the CIA or someone or naval intelligence was using him as a dangle to the, so, to the communists. Okay, so that's when this all started.
0: How old was he when he was doing this?
1: He was, uh, that was, he was probably 19, 18, 19, and maybe, maybe more. Let's see. He was born in 39, uh,
0: he joined the army, no, he was probably in his early twenties. He joined the army and the Marines when he was 16, right? Well,
1: he tried, he joined the Marines,
0: but he didn't
1: get accepted because he was underage. And, but he, so he enlisted when he was 70. Okay. So he, that's how it started. <clears throat> and so he eventually is on uh, ONI's radar. Now the Office of Naval Intelligence at the time was supposedly running a false defector program to the Soviet Union, and they were running it out of Nags Head, North Carolina. And um, Oswald told one of his friends on the base, that he was going to go to Russia, and he'd come back in 61 or two and be a hero. This is what he believed. So he gets he gets out of the Marines with an early discharge, because a box of candy fell on his mother's head <coughs> or something. I mean, some ridiculous uh, thing. So they give him this this early discharge, which was not that early, but it was before he was supposed to get out. And he goes to New Orleans, and he stays three days with his mother.
0: Timeout. Was it a forced early discharge? Did he want to go? He, no. Okay. No, he wanted to go. Okay, so but what's why do you keep telling me, you told me in the past, that he hated his mother? Why is he taking care he of her? His,
1: he does hate her. He just used that as a reason. Oh. She wrote a letter for him saying she needed him to support her, and he got her to do that. He no, he hated her. But we skipped over. While he was in Japan, he got gonorrhea. <laughs> this is what we were talking about. How do you know? And there is, I have a document. I have the document, <laughs> and in the document it says, at the bottom. In the line of duty,
0: he was pumping for information.
1: This was the Japanese girl, probably. And he it says it's not his you know he's not to be punished. it's in the line of duty. Now, what does that mean, except that he was you know uh, encouraged to infiltrate with these Japanese
0: uh, this woman for spy purposes? Where did you get the document from? Is that from the archives it's it's available. Um I'll send it to you okay
1: i'll I'll send it to you. It's in my book. Yeah, I, know,
0: I know i'm just curious to where where you got it from because i'm I, like i said it's been
1: so long ago i don't remember where i got it but um,
0: well, well it's why mary ferrell's suing the um for the release of the documents i'm um, suing biden for that is that they've been slowly redacting documents that they had previously unredacted and classifying it again so now this one's issue. been
1: available for a long long time okay it was it was discovered probably it probably came out during the um 70s or 80s because i've had it forever so anyway putting this into this i'm trying what i try to do when i uh when i research this i try to get inside oswald's head he's doing things to increment himself but why what does he think he's doing so he he decides to leave his mother. He's there for three days. He he gets on a boat in New Orleans. And he goes. He gets his visa and he puts down all the countries he wants to travel in. One of them is Russia, but he also lists England and the, you know other a lot of other countries, France. But. Um, skipping over this, going back a little bit. In the meantime, he enrolls in Albert Schweitzer College in Switzerland, which is a college that nobody ever heard of. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's non-credit, and it has like maybe 50 or 60 students total from all over the world. And it's run by the Unitarian Church, pretty much. The only way you could find out about it I mean, how did Oswald know about this church? Well, it turns out that Alan Dulles and the CIA were using the Unitarian Church uh, to benefit their their, uh, intelligence community. And it's complicated. But anyway, and and that was one of the, the deals. So how did Oswald find out about this? And how did he get accepted? Well, for a long time, I thought, how can he get accepted when he didn't graduate high school? But I saw in his brother's book, his brother wrote a a book uh, about Lee. And of course, his brother thinks that he did it. He's guilty. But there's still always things in there that are enlightening. And he says that Oswald got a GED while he was in the Marines. Okay, that makes sense. So he he sends this deposit and gets accepted for the... uh, fall semester i think it was and he's he writes on his visa that he's going to go see these countries and he's going to school at um, albert schweitzer college and so he gets the visa and he gets on a boat and he goes to france he never shows up at schweitzer college ever now this is where oswald began to be spied on pretty much because his mother wrote to the state department and everybody wanting to know where her son was she wrote a letter to albert schweitzer college and they said we don't know he's never showed up blah 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 and she had sent him 25 dollars uh and so they sent the check back check came back of course the c the fbi and CI knew this because they're opening our mail and this is when the whole thing starts about hoover saying uh that Oswald is in the Soviet Union, and someone may be impersonating him and using his birth certificate, and it all came from Marine from uh, Marguerite Oswald. So Oswald, now this is a, a real key point in in Oswald's travels is he went into Russia through Helsinki, Finland. Okay. This was one of the few ways you could get a quick visa into the Soviet Union. And the reason was there were two diplomats there. One was a, a, an American CIA guy, and the other guy was KGB. And they were buddies, and they used to go out and drink. And they said, well, how can we speed up uh, defectors getting into the country so that, you know. Uh, and they came up with this plan, whatever it was. So Oswald knew to go to Helsinki to get a quick entry into russia which nobody should have known i mean not not very many people knew so someone is coaching him telling him what how to do this he lands in france he takes a plane to england and he gets a he gets a uh he gets to uh finland in like 24 hours he gets his visa and everything which is almost impossible so he's got help all his way on his travels now what i think happened was Robert Webster defected two weeks before Oswald. And I think that what happened was, at this point, uh, naval intelligence was sending him there as a false defector, a dangle. The Soviets could maybe pick him up. Maybe he could find out stuff. At this point, I believe that Jim Angleton, in his search for a mole in the CIA, picked up Oswald. And made him a mole detector. Him and Webster were dangles, false dangles. And the purpose, their purpose was, they sent they sent out information about them that was maybe not true, maybe a little off, wrong address, wrong mother's name, something. And these tidbits, if they came back to Angleton in counterintelligence, then he would know that that was. The mole that found that out because no one else could know that. That it you know, it had it's complicated. It's called a bent card trick. So he was there and it, they were Angleton had been told that there was a mole in in the YouTube program. Is
0: this Poplov's mole
1: that Jefferson Morley wrote about? Uh, no, that's separate. <laughs> um Popov was a mole, was a Russian agent that was here working for us. In fact, he eventually went back to Russia and was killed. They, they killed him. This it it was uh it was either Popov or uh another defector that worked for the CIA that told Angleton that there's a mole inside the CIA. It's in the, it's it and it's probably in the Soviet Russia division. So Angleton did not Take out a 201. And you know what 201 is.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Okay. The CIA, anybody that they're watching, or anybody that does something like go to Russia or be a defector or or do or anyone they're interested in, they create a 201 file. And Oswald goes to Russia in 59. And there's no 201 file. Okay. What happened was a guy named Otto Atepka was in the State Department and he was really good at his job. He had been won all kind of awards and he was looking at this list of defectors and Oswald stands out to him as something's wrong here with this guy. So he writes to the FBI and the CIA. He says, is, is this a real defector or is this one of your guys? And all of a sudden, they, they not only won't get, he finds a security blanket around Oswald. Can't mention that name. And he gets suspicious. So he starts his own file on Oswald, And he puts it in his safe in his office. His office is broken into. The Safe is broken into. And Oswald's file is missing, but nothing else (laughs) is missing but Oswald's file. And Otepka's career was basically ruined. Uh, They went after him after that. Robert Kennedy, particularly, sent somebody to watch him and all this stuff. So it's really strange that. Oswald was being protected like this in the Soviet Union.
0: So the purpose of the false defector program was that these people would go over to another country, say that they defected over there, then they would hopefully get intelligence from the, the other country that might pick them up.
1: They wanted the Soviets to pick them up okay. and turn them against us.
0: And that but would actually would, give us more information.
1: But they would really be us. And they're all, both sides are trying to fake each other out all the time, you know, and it's ridiculous. And up to that point, that that program didn't work because the Russians could see through it. They didn't want, they knew these guys, some of them were being sent there. You know, they had, there were a whole bunch of defectors in fifty nine sixty that more way more than there were before so that's an indication that there's a program
0: going on there's a document that states that even the russians didn't believe that they thought he was double agent because his russian was terrible there's just so many things weird about his profile that didn't work and that's i'm pretty sure that's where his visa or his tear up his u.s citizenship was also denied by the russian um well he
1: yeah yeah uh, but webster got citizenship the soviet so
0: did webster have a better profile than oswald did that got through security i think
1: they they believed that webster was a real defector and um which he was because his main reason for he if you if you take Rand Rand development out of the equation webster goes there falls in love with a russian girl uh, his burden at home, his family, his wife is sickly, and they're in debt, and he's not happy at home. So he gets mixed up with his girl, and that's what the Russians believe. Now, of course, he was also involved with Rand, which is a CIA front, you know, and so he was. He was also doing. He was. He had a. He had a code name, a guide 223, which was an Air Force, I believe, thing, and so he was definitely a contact at least but they felt more comfortable with Webster whereas Oswald um, was different he came there but he hadn't he did you know I mean Webster had visited there three times and then decided he wanted to stay and they watched him for a year and decided he was okay and gave him a gave him citizenship but they didn't give give it to oswald because i think you're right they didn't trust him in fact when he came to moscow and he told his in tourist guide that he wanted to stay and in fact and she hooked him up with her boss and they they looked at his record and they decided no you're leaving uh they gave him they wanted him out within like 48 hours
0: did you look into his profile at all Like if someone caught Oswald's file and saw that there was a security blanket around it and the Russians are seeing something about Oswald that's not matching up, do you think that his file would have been or his profile would have been too perfect to fit the description of what a defector would be? Well, they were watching
1: him. They had a a friend, his best, one of his best friends in there was the son of a a Russian general in the KGB or something. Is that the guy who wrote a book
0: about Oswald?
1: no that guy that that's a book you really need to read though because that guy was really his friend and he is uh he shows a side of oswald that you you don't see anywhere else he practically they were buddies for a year or two and he got to know him very well and he just writing a book about his experiences with oswald you know he's not uh, making an agenda or anything but and there's a lot of enlightening stuff in there. This guy was named Golovychov and he was spying on us. Os- he was his friend and there's KGB pictures of them standing together on a street corner in Russia talking. They were, under, he was under surveillance. His apartment was bugged, especially when he married Marina, you know, they had bugged everything and Norman Mailer got into, got, access to all that stuff when he went over there which no one else could i don't know how he did it
0: now at this point is russia and the american government besides angleton or whoever oswald's handler is at this point are they kind of looking at oswald like he's getting a taste for the cuisine in russia and might be switching sides in a sense
1: no i don't think so um i'm still confused this on... is where the this is where the uh, the mk ultra thing comes in I think that Oswald's personality was split into defector and loyal, loyal American, and so when he went over there, the Russians could interrogate him all they want, just like Dallas police did, and they would get nothing, because he was genuine. He that side of his personality believed himself to be a Marxist, and that he was telling the truth, and he was going to give them secrets, and so forth then when he comes home the patriotic side is telling everything that happened that the other personality did while he was there that was the whole beauty of 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 creating a, a defector that way through hypnosis and drugs and whatever yeah, lsd and because now you've sort. got now you've got uh, you've got someone over there they can't break them they could torture him, whatever they want and he's not going to they're not going to break them and the Dallas police couldn't break him
0: well, the thing the thing that I question is his psychological exams is usually what people bring up about Oswald, Like how could he be a double agent with such a crazy psychological exams? Now, if you look into MK Ultra, that was a lot of the people that they were picking people with split personalities, people in mental institutions to try their drugs out on. There's actually a new film out about MK ultra. I don't think it's good at all. It's not historically accurate, which sucks because with MK ultra, you could have just went by the documented cases we have, and it would have been way better. The issue that I have with it is that the way the film depicts it is they take a person who's in the middle of getting a lobotomy. A kid is getting a lobotomy and the phone rings and they, have them cancel the lobotomy. We're going to put them in this alternative program. Then the next scene is there's like five people in these two way mirrors that are behind these little things. And they're given LSD now to an audience member, they go, Oh, well, this is better than getting a lobotomy. Right? Oh, well, that's not what it was. They were drugging people in prisons. They were drugging people in mental institutions because they believed nobody's going to believe a prisoner and nobody's going to believe someone who's in a mental institution. Right.
1: Well, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, my take is they were looking for people who were susceptible to hypnosis hypnosis and he certainly was they were looking for people that uh, you know were had problems you know then they were looking for people that maybe had leanings a certain way and he, him being already involved in japan he was into the into the mechanisms that was going on so i don't think it was that they went out and picked oswald it was because he had gotten involved with the japanese communists in uh in the in japan and he had done well he had he had kept secrets he had come back and told them what they need and they kind of trusted him, and they thought here's a guy that would be a good defector and so he starts his spewing of marxism in the marines and uh
0: is yeah. that when he's playing like communist music or things of that sort yes, inside yeah. the barracks?
1: and okay. playing playing the red pieces in chess, and 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 using as, instead of saying yes or no, he said nyet and "da," you know, Russian. And yeah, that was really. All, they called that, him Oswaldskovich because he was always spewing. Now, how do you get away with doing that? That's what
0: I'm saying. In, it's so weird. In the, the like
1: 1950s, that, that, that has to be a fake. In the 1950s, here's a marine spouting marxist ideas and nobody punishes them this is not, and then he goes to moscow and he goes to the american embassy and he says i'm going to uh, tell all the secrets i have i'm going to give them to the russians that i you know i'm going to be loyal to them i'm you know and I, here's my passport i don't want it i'm going to become a soviet citizen now this is in the american embassy in Moscow which is bugged by the soviets oswald knew it was bugged by the soviets and that's why he's saying this stuff so the soviets can hear me i'm a defector i'm going to give you secrets and they really wanted secrets about the u2 because it was flying over all their you know the country and and taking pictures at random of anything they wanted they couldn't deal with it it was up too high so they wanted that information so meanwhile think about this so Here he is. He throws his passport down, and he says, I'm defecting. I'm going to give secrets to the Russians. And then two years later or three years later, he wants to come home.
0: Well, uh, before we go home, before we go home, when did he meet Marina?
1: Okay. He met Marina in 61. um,
0: Because she had other husbands as well, That's a long
1: story, too. And I think the Soviets were planting women with... Defectors and sending them back as sleeper agent type things, and she knew Webster, so I think she was trying to get one of those two to take her back, and she did. But he met her at a uh, a dance at the Palace of Culture in Minsk, Um, and they married like a month later. They, it was a whirlwind courtship, and most of that courtship he was in the hospital, with supposedly. Uh, I think it was the adenoids or something. He had, or he got sick. He got, he got some kind of problem and they had kept him in the hospital for two or three weeks. And she came and visited him every day in the hospital. And so then he proposed to her and they got married. And then he tells her, I'm going to go back, okay, to the United States. So then when he wants to come back, the government lends him 400 and some dollars. Uh, to, to come back and and his brother lends him $200 to fly from New York with plane landed to Dallas. And he pays this all back in three months. And he's part of that time, just a few months, he pays the whole thing back when he's not working or he's making a dollar and a quarter an hour and his wife's having a baby and he's, you know, his food, rent, <laughs> all this stuff's coming out of it. Nope, he had no money and yet he pays back $600. I know it's in, weird. in just
0: a few months. We need to break this down a little bit just cuz I I got to I got to clear up this area on Oswald. It's still very very hazy. Um when he marries Marina, Marina had other relationships before Oswald. She had a couple American people that she also was spending uh, a lot of time with and either I don't know if it was married or were in relationships with. When you say sleeper agent, is it Just possible that instead of going the sleeper agent aspect, we look at maybe that she was looking at him as a free ride to go live in this country.
1: Well, I do, I do. I think that's exactly what she wanted. Now she may have been her her uncle was kid was MVD, and so she may have been part of that program. But knowing Marina, and she's very self centered person, she's agreeing to the Soviets to do this, and then she says, "When I get over there." i staying you know i'm gonna she's a capitalist at heart
0: and that would explain later when she was interrogated in fear of deportation that if she does go back to her country they might just do something bad well to that's her. true
1: that's true she didn't want to go back and she was spoiled here you know and she made she got re- pretty wealthy after he uh assassinated the president people sent her a lot of money she wrote articles she sold his uh some of his stuff uh that he had and he got a lot of money for it. And so she was and then she remarried and she did very well here.
0: I came across a document of J. Edgar Hoover um giving a message to the people that were holding Marine Oswald. I don't know if it was Serv- Secret Service or other FBI. Agents, Secret Service. But he Secret said Service. that they could leverage deportation to her, but don't actually like do it. It's it's just a threat. It's not a actual thing. So it was just a muscling tactic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you if you want to defend her, imagine that you're in a foreign country and you don't speak the language and you have two little babies and they're threatening you and you're and you and she grew up in the Soviet Union. So, you know what they treated their people like, you know, you get shot if you did anything, you know, so she's afraid she's 22 years old. She's afraid that she doesn't want to be deported. So she tells them whatever they want to hear at first. But she lied so many times that even the Warren Commission didn't believe her. And so and, there, and there's never any reason. She made up stories. She did all kind of things. She was very unreliable. But I think you're right. She wanted to stay here and she was afraid and they were going to deport her. And so she cooperated. She said anything she wanted. Well, before, wanted we even, here.
0: before we even break that down, when Oswald received money to get go back home, um. His brother sent him money. Did his brother know at the time that he was married? Did his when did Oswald's mother find out that he was married?
1: Well, he started writing to them when he started to, to the paperwork to come back. Uh, you know, and he informed them that I'm going to I'm coming home and I need he needed some letters written like by his mother or, or different people because they needed like for Marina they. If she came to the United States, they wanted to make sure she was supported and wasn't going to go on welfare or do all this stuff. So, and this is really a bizarre, uh, it, we, we could go out in the left field with this. Marguerite contacted this guy that she hardly knew. She worked for him as a nurse or something, a pool boy. And the guy wrote a letter say, you know, saying that he'd take responsibility for oswald and his wife coming to the united states it uh paul blau has researched that very well you need to ask him about that it's really bizarre why would somebody do that you know take a chance and then oswald goes out and kills the president you know he's responsible for bringing him into the country how old was the guy hmm? he was oh he was a professional he was um i don't remember if he was a military guy Or a big businessman in Dallas or somewhere and she worked for him just for a while and she asked him to do this and he does it and it was very strange I put Paul's the expert on that so check with him on it but but basically he wrote to them ahead of time saying he was coming home so Robert knew that he was coming and then he got into New York and he wanted his mother or his brother to contact or somebody to contact uh like the welfare and have them pay for the trip he didn't his brother said i'll pay for it. he said no i want i want them you know the welfare thing to pay for it and finally they wouldn't or whatever and so his brother sent him 200 and some dollars to fly from uh, new york to dallas but he paid all that money back in a short time with no income And so that tells you he's getting money from somebody, FBI, CIA, somewhere. He's getting he's he's getting an allotment to pay for this stuff and pay for his travels. He's flying. This kid was 24 when he died and he's been more world travel than a rich than Donald Trump. I mean, he's been all over the world. He goes he gets a visa in 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 24 hours to go to any country he wants. He goes to Mexico. You know, he goes to. Um, russia he goes everywhere you know he he was in and then in the marines he was in the philippines he was in japan so he's he's really some something behind him is is making this all possible
0: opening up doors
1: yes opening up doors for him and paying paying
0: for it when he gets back into the united states where did he go first um when does he end up in dallas does he stop at new orleans at any point he came back
1: and he went to fort worth and he lived with his mother in an apartment for not very long because they hated each of them. he hated her
0: with marina correct yeah now yeah, is the baby, the baby born the baby, the baby, the baby, was baby. Born?
1: they have they have one baby was born in russia she's pregnant he gets a job at uh, lee's welding for a dollar 25 an hour or whatever uh and you wonder about how he gets jobs when he's a defector. You know, you know how people were in the 50s. Um, they want references and stuff. You know? He told him he was in a Marine. You know, he was an ex-Marine. So he got this job at this dollar and a quarter an hour, whatever. He lives with his mother for, I don't know, um, a couple weeks. or something, and, and then he moves in with his, he can't stand it anymore. He moves in with his brother and his brother's wife. And I think they had a kid. And that, uh, that was for maybe a month or two, I don't know. And then he finally got their own apartment. He got another, and he quits the job at Lee's Welding. This is after he met DeMoren okay? DeMoren uh met him when he had the apartment, after he moved out of his brother's house. And moved into this uh this kind of a dumpy apartment. He DeMoren Schilt, became friends with him, and DeMoren Schilt gets him this job at Jaggers, Childs and Stovall, which is a printing company, uh, makes maps for the Army or for the, and it's got at the time he worked there, the Cuban Missile Crisis was going on. And they had photos of the missiles at San Cristobal there at Charles Jaggers and Stovall. Now you've got to get security clearance to work a place like that. How did Oswald get that job? DeMoren Schilt got him that job. I don't. I still don't know how. He did. He worked there for a while, and that's where he supposedly learned photographic skills.
0: Okay, back back her up real quick. I'm sorry. I got I got to do this just so I can understand this. I'm I'm slowly learning all of this um i think from the last time we've talked i was very you know new to the assassination now I, I know a lot of things at least a little bit more than i did before i'm not a researcher or an expert in knowledge is dangerous yeah <laughs> i'm not a researcher or expert in any sense of the word i'm just interested but when it comes to robert lee and lee um when when they left or when they separated from each other um when he left his apartment with his wife and everything like that did any of them give a description or give a a account of the time that lee spent with his wife and the baby at his brother's house did his brother make any statements that if he liked marina or not the relationship what was the relationship like well because they beat each other back and forth i want to understand when that started happening this
1: takes us back (laughs) he he lived with his when he was about 12 years old 13 years old and he was living with his mother she was moving around all the time she they briefly moved in with robert and his wife or was it john pick
0: jesus gary don't get me more confused
1: (laughs) he moved in with his brother i think it was robert but it might have been john and she and his wife And there was an X episode. Of course, uh, there was constantly fighting between Marguerite and everybody. And she wouldn't, she didn't buy them any food or and they couldn't afford, they had a baby and they couldn't afford uh, to keep two more people. And Lee was a teenager and he was a problem. And there was an incident in that supposedly Lee pulled a knife on um, Pick's wife after Pick wasn't home or if it was Robert I can't remember and so she had her husband throw them out throw them out well Marguerite's story was that he was whittling wood he had a pen knife and he was whittling wood and uh, he didn't really mean to hurt to do anything he just waved it at her or something
0: what do you what do you believe do you believe that he threatened her with a knife or do you believe he was whittling wood i believe he was whittling wood but he
1: may have threatened her with the knife um you know it, it was a very volatile home life with with marguerite there was constantly arguments and fights and constant moving from one place to another and that's hard on a kid you know if i was 13 you know uh, I don't know what I'd do. You know, that may be an indication. But what the indication is that none of the family got along very well. The boys were, uh, him and Robert were the closest. But even Robert, Robert ended up saying he did it, you know, and he's guilty. There was an interesting uh, episode. The last time they ever got together was Thanksgiving dinner, um, 62. okay and they got together at Robert's house I think and they didn't invite Marguerite (laughs) but John Pick was there all three brothers were there and their wives and Pick hadn't seen him in a long time and Pick was marveled at how different he looked you know that he had changed so much and this is where we get into the you know was Oswald substituted somewhere along the line when you know, his his looks when he went to Russia were different from when he came back. All of a sudden, he's before he had this bull neck and he was a husky marine and he comes back and he's the skinny guy that died in in, uh, in Dallas to, the, you know, to Jack Ruby. And there's a there's a remarkable difference in appearance. And John Pick was struck by that. And he he mentioned that to the Warren Commission, he said, I really did. And he didn't really talk to him much. And he was offended because Oswald called him his half brother. And John said he had never done that before. You know, he's all they were always brothers. Now he's a half brother, which makes you wonder if it was the same Oscar that went away that came
0: back. I I think if you look at like how relationships are, where someone gets in a relationship, they actually gain more weight than they did or they get out of shape. But I mean, you can look at the basic high school people that played sports when they get out, they either gain weight or they lose all their muscle mass. And I start thinking, I mean, if he was in the military, then gets involved in Russia with Marina plus a baby, the stress, either he's not eating. To lose weight or he's just not taking care of himself that well
1: well that's true but his hairline changed drastically uh and, and that doesn't happen in a year uh he he had thick hair when he went over there curly all of a sudden it's thinning he's balding uh it, it, he's lost a lot of weight he's not as and he was acting different so this is what speculation has caused all these books to be written you know was it the same oswald was what was going on why was it different because this is a short period of time we're not talking 10 years we're talking he went he went in 59 and this was thanksgiving 62 he went in fall of 59
0: i think the speculation is fine because of the prior evidence to people using lee's name Um, We know about the person in Mexico that used Lee's name. We know about a person at a gun range that talked about shooting targets and that he was going to do this to the president using Lee's name. It wasn't Lee. Since Silvio Dio. that speculation is in the right direction. I'm just curious to when he guess, last sees his family, what events unfold afterwards? I mean, we got him missed a full year. Um, change in a person to a point where you know we have i have the hsca volumes too when they interviewed marina um she didn't know the difference between a rifle and a shotgun well the warren commission states that she was paying it she was listening to him reload and practice on his balcony so we got to somehow get to there so take me after you know his brother notices these changes in his half brother and notices his personality is different his appearance is different what starts to unfold next? We still got to figure out what happened with George DeMornay. When did he meet that guy?
1: He met DeMornay right after he came back uh, to Fort Worth in Dallas. I think Jagger's child Stovall was in Dallas, so he had to move into Dallas, and that may be when um, him and Marina were separated for a while. He had to, and so he lived in the in the apartment. I think. And he got that job at Jagger's Child Stovall, but that didn't last very long. He got fired. And I, I have a feeling that he, here, here's, you've got to look for consistencies in things. Oswald was sent to the Soviet Union as a dangle. Okay. One I, I, one thing we left out was that when he went to the Soviet Union, shortly after he was there, like 1960, Gary, Francis Gary Powers gets shot down in a u two, and he blames Oswald. And later on he he didn't, but at first he blamed Oswald because Oswald knew all the specs to give the Soviets the you know the information they needed to shoot down the u two. Later on, he blamed the CIA because it, he said it was sabotaged when he was in Turkey on purpose. What they wanted to do was stop the Paris peace talks that were coming up. We were we were peace was going to break out. Uh, Eisenhower was going to to Paris and talk to Khrushchev and they were going to, you know, thaw the cold war. Well, the CIA didn't want that. So I think I don't think Oswald gave them any information that they needed. I think he was a patsy for the first time. <laughs> Here's we're going to we're going to we're going to sabotage our own mission to break the peace talks down and we're going to use oswald as the patsy oh he, look he did it you know he he told them how to shoot it down so now he's working at jaggers charles and stovall and he's a dangle again i mean he's working there and the wait the soviets would be in you know i so happy the soviets the kgb would be to find out that they had a, a marxist had been to the soviet union working at a top secret you know uh film place like that but they didn't take him again he was a patsy i think he was a dangle again and they didn't accept him that time either so he's been a patsy not just at at the end at the soviet you know when he was in uh, dallas but he was used as a patsy several times he was perfect for the role so we say he meets the Shield. Warren Schilt gets in this job. Warren Schilt basically was responsible for separating him and Marina. He, you know, he told him to get an apartment and do this and let this let the let the Russian babysitters see, uh, take care of Marina. This gives him a chance to do things, missions, jobs, uh, whatever his assignment is. And then that brings us to the walker shooting
0: before we get to the walker shooting at the stovall company when he gets fired do you know why he got fired because i think did he manipulate they his... said he
1: was they said he was um did, couldn't do the job or he was not reliable or did something
0: did he manipulate his own photo and create the aj heidel id and did he also create the backyard photographs he said when he saw the photo that's he said, me, but that's not, that's, that's not me.
1: That's my body. That's my head, but that's not my body. And this is – I know photography, and I can – I know how this was done, and I can show you how it was done. Whether he did it, no, I don't think so. Uh, I've always thought that it was Roscoe White.
0: That's what people say, but I said that I think he manipulated his that, – that photograph of Roscoe White – because he gave one to george DeMoren and shield and on the back of it it said hunter of fascists and i go this is a person bragging to his friend yeah, but who, who wrote
1: uh, who wrote hunter of fascists
0: i think he might like i said i think he might have manipulated his own photograph there's like 50 something copies of that photo marina
1: was marina was thought to have written that there were there were several photos one was flushed down the toilet and there were different poses and there's there is a, po- a picture of roscoe white with his head on
0: yeah i've seen
1: it and roscoe white was in the same marine base at sugi and roscoe white went to the philippines with him and roscoe white was an expert in photography and roscoe white gets a job at the dallas police just october no i
0: I think it's roscoe white in that photo i've seen them both lined up if you look at the the look at the chin that's what i said is the the stance, the stance is like the only way that the (laughs) chin could like that if it was oswald was that if if he had a tooth infection if he had something that would call his jaw line to inflate then that would be normal and i've seen it i've had a i've had a cracked tooth where my jaw has you know it's an abscess you get one of those that would make it a possibility but the thing is is that if you kill the president Or if you allegedly kill the president and it's supposed to be this mad, crazy person, you wouldn't be saying you're a patsy because then all the fame goes out the window. That means that there's going to be another person involved. And also he looked like a person in these interviews that knew that someone who's higher up would know what to do to get out of this situation. And that's why he didn't do a lot of talking. But when he's in his in this interrogation room, he says, wait till this comes out. Someone will easily prove that that's not me. As when I start going, if he manipulated his a different photograph if he put his face on someone else's photograph to show off in front of george de Mornshield i think he would have wrote hunter a fascist on the back as like a joke to his new friend or his friend he's trying to impress to think he's that he's cool or i mean that's just a common tactic a 24 year old or someone would do if
1: he did it if he, if he really posed that picture the purpose was to sheep dip him as this um, mercenary Marxist
0: a hundred percent
1: so that maybe he could go to Cuba
0: nobody Castro. takes a photo with a point thirty eight on your side a rifle and a papers
1: he was put up to this to be look this is me I'm I'm Castro will accept me in his revolution and I can go down to to, to Cuba and I can I mean he's'm I'm, I'm they're telling in his mind he thinks that he's putting on this persona and in real life he's setting himself up they're setting him up said you know, do this. This will make you look like, and then we have a mission for you in Cuba. You know, blah blah. So, what he thought and what was really going on were two different things. That that photo has been a real problem for in in so many ways. Um, for one thing, Marina said she took it. <laughs> okay, and supposedly she had this cheap camera with a plastic lens that you know one of these. You hold and look down into it to shoot the picture yeah. way back in the fifties and it's plastic and it's, it's pretty cheap camera. Oswald had three or four sophisticated cameras and I don't know how, how could he afford them? One was a Minox spy camera. They cost a uh, three, $400 in 1961 and they were only available to the military and stuff they weren't available to the general public where you could go out and buy one he had a 3d camera (laughs) so why would he use this piece of junk to take his picture then the film was developed at uh at a store at a at a some kind of film development place a camera shop oswald developed all his own film he was cheap he didn't want to spend any money like that so that none of that makes any sense. Now I understand Marina was afraid. Yeah, okay, I took the picture. She didn't remember the camera. She didn't remember anything. And the funny thing about the camera was, um, they didn't know about it till Robert Oswald found it um, months after the assassination, and sent it to, uh, sent it to the FBI or something. You know, so it showed up much later. Like everything seems to—it's so obviously planted to make him guilty he's too much evidence no idiot would do the things that he did to incriminate himself if if he was really the assassin well he would
0: not some good evidence you could point to would be the idea or the the video of oswald handing out fair play for cuba papers how come there's just this person that's perfectly set up at the perfect time to record him doing this thing and then he's on a radio show giving you know, talks to right-wing people and then also hanging out with, you know, communists or this plagiarist. He's playing both sides, which makes you start to question, all right, who is this person? Now, the fair play for Cuba papers that, that he was allegedly handing out or that he was handing out There's all these at multiple different institutions on college campuses, which makes it seem like, was he one of the spotters at one of these college campuses looking? And this goes into the intelligence agency, the CIA, the FBI invasions on the campuses that they've been doing since basically the 1940s. Um, Harvard and Yale are some of the biggest ones. And if you look at some of the Harvard and Yale professors that worked there in the psychology department, Joyon West and Sidney Gottlieb were in charge of the MKUltra project. So they... Pick people from these institutions, and I've talked to people that still talk about that this goes on today. Specifically, a good example would be an aspect of someone that's studying China's foreign policies who's going to eventually go into China. The CIA would ask them, hey, can you write a paper on this for me? And they would write the paper, give it to them, say, there you go, man. They go, awesome. Well, since you did that favor for us, and here's a little bit of money for that, they accept it. They go, can you do us another favor? What's the other favor? I need you to go over there, and I need you to study their foreign policy and spy on them and let us know what's going on. That happens today. That is real. There's a whole aspect of this. But on these college campuses, they had fair play for Cuba papers, and they had fair play for Vietnam. They had a bunch of different aspects of these communist papers. Now, there is a fake one called The Rational Observer, which was created by J. Edgar Hoover's FBI that would say things the opposite of what these activist papers would say. And it's supposed to try and convince people to, it's supposed to propagandize people to think like, no, the war's not bad, we're okay. We need to save and spread democracy and all these types of things. So now you're looking at these college institutions a little bit differently. And then Oswald's in the picture and he is now getting a news Film of him basically giving statements about marxism and a bunch of these other things that completely do not fit his character of a person who's shy a loser and all of this that doesn't make sense
1: well oswald when he went to new orleans was his new mission was to draw out pro-castro people so he He starts his own fair play for Cuba. Now you got to realize that the CIA was investigating uh, the fair play for Cuba committee in overseas and FBI was investigating them at home. They were not just investigating, they were trying to ruin them in any way they could link them to and linking them to a communist is a really good way, you know, to, to show that they're subversive. So Oswald's job, in new orleans first he starts out going to tulane university and handing out pamphlets and talk and and trying to uh prove that certain professors were commies you know and then he gets this fair play for cuba committee now you got to understand new orleans is completely there there are no very few pro-Castro people in New Orleans, which so this makes no sense. Everybody there is anti-Castro. Uh, it's all—it's it, it, just a right-wing uh, domicile, and so he's working for Guy Bannister because he's—he's he's got an office. Some of the pamphlets were stamped 544 Camp Street, which is Bannister—the the building that Bannister was in at the time. He had a private detective agency, supposedly. But really what they were doing was they were uh, training uh, anti-Castro Cubans to sabotage, to go into Cuba and sabotage and maybe invade and do all kinds of things against Castro. So they had a base at Lake Puncture Train in New, in New Orleans and they had a base in Miami. And this the center was Bannister's office. So he, his basement was filled with guns, weapons to arm these 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 Cubans to fight Castro. Oswald's job, I believe, was to infiltrate those Cuban groups. So he goes to the DRE was one of them. That was Bringer. He goes into Bringer's store and he says, I'm with you guys against Castro. And, you know, I want to help. I want to be a member. I want to join your group. Well, right away. Uh, Bringeir thought he was FBI or CIA or, you know, he he didn't trust him at all. So Oswald says, I'll bring you back my Marine handbook. He brings him back the Marine handbook the next day and leaves it there for him. This, you know, how to blow up things. So two days later, like, Oswald's passing out Fair Play for Cuba uh, pamphlets on a street corner, a few blocks from Bringeir's uh store and a, a cuban guy a friend of his comes in and says hey this guy's passing out pro castro stuff over here so he takes a bunch of people they go over there and strangely enough photographers show up <laughs> okay and uh bring Garrett, tears the pamphlets out of his hand and throws them on the thing and oswald says carlos you want to hit me go ahead hit and so they all get arrested, and the Cubans get off um, with a $10 fine or something, and Oswald uh, elects to go to jail rather than pay the $10 fine. And Oswald goes, in, goes into the jail, and he asks to see an FBI agent. <laughs> Think of that. So an FBI agent shows up, and uh, they talk for an hour. And Oswald gives him uh some information, and the guy leaves now what do you why would you call an FBI agent unless you were an informant There's no other reason that I can think of that that he would have called and asked for an FBI agent unless he was an informant for the FBI He's informing on these groups of castro uh of radical pro castro people, and meanwhile he's You know, trying to draw out, he's he's asking people to join this pro Castro thing. So if somebody comes out and wants to join, he turns them over to Bannister, and they know he's a pro Castro. You know, that's what Oswald thinks he's doing. He thinks he's drawing them out, and he thinks he's infiltrating. Well, the Cubans find out who he is, and here's the perfect patsy. If we kill Kennedy, I mean, we get even with this guy. You know, he he's double crossed us and. He's spying on us and he's doing all this stuff. So that's what the the whole New Orleans thing was about. And then from New Orleans, he goes to Mexico City. And that's, to me, Mexico City is the Rosetta Stone because it proves that someone a few weeks before the assassination is trying to link Oswald to the Russians and the Cubans at that embassy. So that when he does kill the president, or whoever does, he's gonna get blamed and it's gonna lead to Castro and it's gonna lead to Russia.
0: So he actually did go to Mexico City.
1: He did well. That's another
0: amazing damn it, Gary, damn it.
1: A lot of people think he didn't even go. I know here's the thing. They had all these cameras. This is this was a spy center. You don't understand what Mexico City was in '63. It was like Istanbul. All the countries had spies there. It was a spy. It was like Casablanca. It was a. a them, everyone had spies: the Mexicans, the you know Cubans, the Russians, the Americans. So it so we had all the sophisticated network of tape recordings, s- pictures. Of anybody that went into the Russian or embassy or the Cuban embassy and came out, they had tape recordings of them. There are no pictures of Oswald. According to the CIA, there I know. They have a guy, they have a picture of a guy coming out of the Russian embassy who's 35 years old, six foot two, athletic build, looks nothing like Oswald. And they said that, that they, they thought it was Oswald. And someone is using his name. So they have recordings of the guy calling the Cuban embassy, calling the Russian embassy, and they're talking. <clears throat> and what's strange about it, for one thing, is the guy at first speaks terrible Russian. Oswald spoke pretty well Russian. His wife thought he was a native of Russia when she met him. He did not spoke this terrible, broken Russian. Then the guy speaks Spanish. Oswald didn't speak Spanish. I mean, he might have known some few words but i don't think he spoke the language fluently when the two warren commissioners heard the tapes they said it's not it's not him that's not him that's not his voice so what did the fbi and cia do? the cia says they oh we, we don't have the tapes we destroyed them routinely we erased them yeah. we, and then the tapes showed up <laughs> the fbi got uh, the uh, warren commissioner guys got to see it got to hear it so it's all bizarre. Now saying that maybe he wasn't there. By the same token, when he tried to get the visa at Cuban embassy, he needed photos and he didn't have any. So he went away and came back the next day with photos. The ones you go in a booth, you know, and they take your picture. Yeah. Remember those? And he had a bunch of photos. So supposedly there's photos and he signed the visa and supposedly it's his signature. So that's, you can't completely expel that he was there because of that. And he supposedly, according to Marina, he told her he was, he went to a bullfight there. So he may have been in, in Mexico City, but the shenanigans that were going on with the embassies may not have had anything much to do with him. Uh, And possibly, I think what I'm beginning to suspect is why the CIA covered up Mexico more than anything else. They had some kinds of secret operations going on. And somehow this Oswald showing up there in, cause a problem that they would have had to reveal this things that they were doing there that they didn't want revealed. In fact, at that time, they didn't even want revealed that they had photographs of everybody.
0: And that's what I said. If Oswald was in Mexico and J. Edgar Hoover's memo was actually disinformation out there because they needed Oswald not to be in Mexico. So any of their other activities don't get highlighted, I think makes a lot of sense judge tunheim when he was on my show he stated to me he said the only reason that documents would still be redacted would be on situations where people alive you know didn't want the document to be released but he goes everyone that would be involved in this would be dead so the only other option that you can choose from is that the same tactics that they used back then they're still using some of the same ones and if that gets unredacted. That means any of the enemies are open So, looking at the tactics that we are still using today. And I think that makes a lot of sense of why they might be using some. And I've looked at, I've talked to people who've studied intelligence agencies and espionage tactics in the British government and in the U.S. And the tactics don't really change that much. And we know from Watergate as well to what was going on for a while that they didn't bother to change and might still be going on today as well, too, in different various forms, because I mean, Manson, you got a bunch of other people that obviously MK Ultra notes were still going on long after they said they ended the program of it. So, I I mean, that would make sense why it would be a security risk, because they might be using the same tactics that they used back then, still now. I mean, we know about the influence of media when it comes to the government aspect of things. I mean, there's a reason that J. Edgar Hoover, when he invaded FBI, uh, or when, when his FBI invaded Hollywood, he stated that- the good guys can shoot as much as they want, but the bad guys can only shoot a couple of times and they have to miss. It's the reason why when we see the FBI on screen, we think, oh, shit, the badasses are here. It's all it's all programmed in there. So, I mean, it's not hard to think that they might be still using some same tactics, but I also bring up the 9-11 aspect of things. And 9-11, we trained a lot of those people that ended up biting us in the ass when it came to those plane hijackings. And I think if you look at what the mob was doing, training to kill Castro, and I think if the mob might have killed um, Kennedy using the same tactics, maybe some of the ones that they had on Castro. I mean, but here's the issue with that theory, is that there were 693 assassination attempts on Castro and all of them failed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You're telling me one of those worked on Kennedy, which means- Well, that because Kennedy wasn't protected. That's what I'm saying is that- there's That's been, the difference. Yes. Well, see, there's the involvement uh, with the Secret Castro Service. Castro was protected. <laughs> Real quick, there's involvement with the Secret Service. And then you get into an aspect of, I think what the CIA is still keeping- on lock is the fact that they did train the mafia people and the mafia people ended up taking out kennedy and the reason i think that could be a possibility is if you look at what bobby kennedy was doing jfk had an agreement with the mob but bobby kennedy was fucking tearing that all up and going after them hardcore j edgar hoover even there's statements of him saying what what mob the mob doesn't exist and people are like we're staring right at them it's like yeah because they had dirty pictures on j edgar hoover so I think it's very complex, and I, I, I don't, I'm not even close to ever figuring this thing out, and I don't really want to solve it. I'm just trying to get a better understand for historical reasons of what the hell was going on back then, and I think you start noticing that there's a lot of lying that's going on. The whole reason why we don't have an answer and it's lasted this long is because either people aren't being transparent with the information that they have, or they didn't do a proper investigation.
1: Yeah, you're right. and I mean, it, it, it's all true. It's not. It's not a black and white thing where okay, there was this conspiracy to kill the president and they covered it up. It's more complicated than that. Uh, There are reasons for the cover. The FBI's covering its ass because they didn't watch Oswald. They they had Hosty. He was on Hosty's caseload. They didn't even tell the Secret Service he was in Dallas because he was no threat. He was an informant for them, and they they knew he was no threat. So that's why he wasn't. And so hoover was taking all this hot water well how come if the fbi knew about him and they had a, and hostie took the blame for it he was the patsy uh, how come you didn't tell them that he worked on the motorcade uh and then the cia is covering up all these illegal operations that they were running in mexico city so yeah i mean covering up names by now is you it's ridiculous because they're all dead but they they don't want their operate to know what they were doing. They they don't want they don't want the American people to know what they were doing. They don't want the Soviets to know what they were doing at the time. So it it could be very possible. Yes, Oswald believes that he's going to go to Havana. It's his next assignment. You know whether it's to kill Castro or whether it's to you know spy on him or do something. So maybe he went to the embassy, okay, and signed the paper and did the thing. But meanwhile, the CIA, someone in the CIA probably was taking advantage of that and said, hey, we could link him to the Soviet embassy and Kostakov, who is Department 13 assassinations, and we could link him to Castro agents while he's there doing his thing what he thinks he's doing as a spy, we can tie him to them, and then we can put him down as the patsy when Kennedy's killing. And that, w- that would fit all the requirements. Let's frame the Russians, let's frame Oswald, let's frame the Cubans. And so, uh, I mean, that may be, well, be. we don't know because they put pr- uh, in charge of, uh, if, you, if you ask the uh, House Assassinations Committee, and 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 those people what the thing they couldn't get cia to operate on was mexico city they wouldn't release anything about it they kept they lied they caught them in a a million lies. we destroyed the tapes uh all the cameras were broke that day (laughs) i mean ridiculous stuff you know
0: when it comes to the 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 walker shooting yeah did he take a shot at walker
1: that's a that's another mystery
0: um when did he meet ruby because people speculate that it was ruby and oswald there was two people that were caught outside walker's house
1: all right there was a boy that lived next door heard the shot
0: i know posner told me that there was no witnesses and i said there was there was witnesses uh and this kid saw two men with a car
1: and they saw them open up the trunk and put a rifle in get in the car and leave now oswald is a unique assassin he takes the bus <laughs> to murder people or escape from murdering people so supposedly marina again when the source is marina i don't believe anything she says she said that he told her that he was going to shoot walker and that uh,
0: and the commission asked how did he get how did he transfer the rifle there what did he she do She said
1: he took it on the bus yeah and he, and he, when he shot at him, he buried it there and picked it up later.
0: <laughs> Did he buy that rifle when he got back to the States? He didn't get that. For, he didn't transfer that from Russia, right? No.
1: that No, there's the whole. That's another whole nother bolt of wax.
0: Right because there. how do you get a rifle that's found in the book depository building that was so rusted it couldn't fire? Maybe he buried it and that's the damage that got yeah, there.
1: That could be. He bought the rifle mail order. From Klein Sporting Goods in Chicago,
0: under A J. Hydell,
1: under A J. Hydell. and he bought the pistol from Seaport Traders in California under the name A J. Hydell. He had the, sent to a post office box. And so you have to sign for it. Nobody signed. The only ones that could receive the mail were Oswald and Marina. And I think the one box might have had A.J. Hidal's name, but no one at the post office remembers anyone picking up a rifle.
0: No, the 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 rifle was on, ordered under the alias A.J. Hydell to the and it was delivered to the P.O. box under Lee's actual name. And the reason why we know that is from Tom Graham, who studied the mail transfers, and the FBI agent that worked at the post. But the office.
1: rifle, but the rifle was uh, was uh, Marina or him, I think, could pick up the rifle anyway. No one saw them pick up. And one was in and the, and the pistol was sent COD. So you have to sign for it, you know. So how do you send a, a gun to a post office box that has to be signed for? Someone had to live in the post office box and come out and sign for it. I mean, it's, and, and nobody at the uh, mail place, they would remember that stuff. They would remember hey, a gun came here and uh, someone came and picked it up. But what what comes down to is that the government at that time was investigating interstate sale of firearms, and what they were trying to do was link uh, these people that were selling cheap weapons across borders by mail. To they were going to persecute prosecute them in, in court, and so they were using people like. And Oswald may have been one. You order this rifle, we'll go into court and say, look, you sent this to a communist. And you know, they were gonna uh, close down this interstate. It was the Dodd committee. So it may well have been that Oswald had an assignment, order these guns, uh, You know, and use this name. So, you know, whatever. So well, we don't know any more about the guns than we do. It's, it's, somebody's been covering up everything in this case for maybe for innocent reasons but uh n- and for not innocent reasons but that's why it's so difficult now to uh nail anything down it's like it's like <laughs> you know trying to catch a
0: fly but that's the that's the case i think uh you guys every single researcher you and everyone i've talked to um i think you guys have done great work um, that's why I'm trying to highlight it the best I possibly can. Um, that's why I'm very grateful for the time you've given me to be able to talk about it all these times that we've done all our many conversations. Um, it's an interesting subject because, I mean, when we look, when we talk about the Tippett scene, the bullets that they found, were they not revolver bullets?
1: They did not match Oswald's gun. The, the shells did. The shells did but the bullets didn't and oswald's gun was a 38 special so what they do with the 38 specials they bore out the uh, barrel so that it can shoot two or three different kinds of ammunition and when the bullet is coming out it wobbles so you can't get a ballistics uh a ballistics uh thing on the bullet to see to test but the shells, I think, were planted. I mean, if you were going to kill somebody with a pistol, his was a revolver. The bullets stay in there. So shoot them, go away, go somewhere and reload. Not reload right on the spot. Hide, to get rid of it. Instead, he's throwing the shells as he runs. Here, here's evidence. <laughs> and the same thing with the wallet. It's the same thing with, I, I here's a copy. I, I think I'll leave my wallet here so they'll know who I am. And here's a picture of me with guns and weapons. There's too much
0: evidence. Yeah, the weird The weird part about the wallet is, is that when they found it in the street, there were news people like, hey, look, we and we got this wallet. And they were like showing it to the newscast people. And then when I had Bart Camp on here talk about it, none of the people that saw the wallet or knew about the wallet talked about it when they were at trial or when they were giving their testimonies. none of them even mentioned a wallet, and you think that would be prime evidence
1: It was on the news there is I've seen footage uh, of of a picture of one of the policemen handing the wallet to another policeman and it was mentioned on a newscast in Dallas that day. so there is a picture of, of yeah them that, that,
0: that's a that's a but, show
1: yeah. But the story is the anonymous person handed that wallet to officer Croy. Okay, the whole story was that Bar- uh, Barrett found it or somebody and, and but none of that's true. Uh, Bill Simpies did a lot of research on this. This guy named, this, this police, this uh, uniformed officer named Croy, Kenneth Croy, a guy come and handed it to him, said, hey. Uh, the guy that shot him dropped this. So he gives it to Barrett or whatever. Okay. Now, when they arrest Oswald in the theater, he has a wallet with identification of him and Heidel pictures, you know, of him and Heidel to prove, hey, this guy's the Heidel. This is the guy that bought the gun. Okay. But he has the same thing in the other wallet, they're identical. Okay. So, okay. So they found this other wallet. They kept it a secret for 30 years, 20 years, till 70s, uh, 75 or something. And it came out in uh, Hostie's book. Hostie said, well, they found the wallet uh, right where Tippett was shot. And that's proof that he did it. Well, then how come they they never said that? They said, we took this wallet off Oswald. They never mentioned the other wallet. They never, ever mentioned that it was there. And. So that that tells you there were two wallets it was planted and they didn't know that Oswald would be caught. So we'll plant his wallet there. If he gets out, he just skips town. We got proof he was he was the assassin of Tippett. Here it is. There's the wallet with all the information. Instead, he gets caught in the theater and they take his real wallet. <laughs>
0: here's here's where I get a little bit confused. I'm going to ask you a question about the theater, but I want to talk about the, the revolver casings real quick. Bart Camp said what's interesting is that when they patted him down the first time, they found nothing on him. Now, when they patted him down a second time, they found a bus pass, which is a flimsy little ticket thing. You could forget that. That could be something. But they found five fucking bullets on the second time that they. So that's a big slip up unless someone's lying that they did not pat him down properly. They might have planted evidence. Now, what I use to that is if they have if he has five revolver things in his pocket i either asked the question how much ammo did he own or is it possible that if he did kill tippet he picked up his casings and to make sure that oswald was getting the blame for killing tippet someone planted fake ones on top
1: well it, whoever shot tippet dropped the casings because uh, benavides picked up two of them and the T- davis sisters picked up two more right when it happened so there's no time for anyone to plant those shells there but what did happen could have happened was once the shells were in police custody, they were switched because uh, Officer Poe supposedly put his, his identification on them. There's no train of uh, of evidence. There's no chain,
0: chain for of any of the evidence
1: Yeah, no chain of custody in any evidence. The rifle, the anything, nothing in this whole case. So they take them to the police uh, where they keep the evidence, and so so when they come back, they don't have Poe's initial on. They don't. You know he can't say these same ones so what they did was i think they switched them the police did and it maybe was for the reason that i think what the reason why they changed the uh, why they framed oswald was that tippett was having an affair and the police knew it and he was shot when he was in oak cliff supposedly probably seeing this woman when his family would this would really look bad for Dallas police. This would really look bad for Tippett's family. This would be a horrible thing. We have to protect him. So, we have four shells we took out of, off Oswald. We'll take those and switch them. And and that they were trying to protect a fellow, a fellow uh, policeman. So, I mean that makes a lot of sense to me. That that, but, but you know you 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 look at uh, there were two. Three Smith and Wesson shells in Tippett, and one Remington, and there were two Remington shells and two uh, two and Western Western Winchesters. Okay. So that doesn't match. <laughs> so how did that happen? You know, but if they were if they were bringing Oswald's shells, that's what he had on them. So that's what they dumped, and it didn't match the bullets that were in Tippett. Tippett's Tippett, you know, I would really love to know what was going on with that. I mean, no matter what, it's all speculation in every case. But that is the key to the whole thing, and no one investigated it. Once once Oswald was dead, that was it. They didn't investigate the Tippett shooting. And I think one of the reasons they didn't investigate it was that Tippett was uh having that affair or that Tippett was involved in uh in, in stuff, probably with Ruby. Uh he he worked uh he was uh, ruby's sister said that tippet was a good friend of her and jack and he had one time worked for uh right next to one he, he worked in a building right next to one of tippet's one of uh, Ru- ruby's uh bars and then he was supposedly seen in ruby's bar you know and i think and then alan dulles on the warrant commission at during the uh it's in the Warren report. He he asked he asked um Earl, he asked somebody Dulles. He asked Dulles. Is there any uh wait, Dulles asked some... Dulles? I mean <laughs> Dulles asked
0: Earl Warren. No, it wasn't Warren. Thought you froze, I'm sorry. He's scared. He you. he asked um Curry.
1: Chief Curry. If there was, he had any information about Tippett being involved in some way in drugs. And and Curry said, no, we don't have any, any of that. So why did he ask that question? And who was dealing drugs? If anybody was, was Ruby, you know, so. Uppers downers and all that. Yeah. He was involved in a lot of stuff, prostitution and drugs. And, but that's what you do. He was contact, you know, so, I mean, it's all, it, you, you try to find a scenario that fits all the, yeah, that answers all the stuff. And it's, it's. there's still a lot of false things going around and that's the problem. They've been accepted as true and maybe they're not true. Um, and that researchers are somewhat to blame for that too. But without the researchers, we wouldn't know anything. They've done all the work to, that should have been done by uh warren commission and everybody else but they didn't
0: do it well i appreciate what the research community has done i think it's very divided um that's the problem it's egos
1: just like anything else politics religion anything else people have their own ego and and their own beliefs and they don't they want to believe something they'll prove it if they have to any way they can and not not because they mean to do harm but because they think they're right and so we have a lot of infighting i've always thought that if the if the research community could get together and quit fighting and work for one goal you know to to solve this case you know and but there's constant bickering constant fighting when somebody comes out with something some the other researchers try to shoot them down because it threatens their belief you know so
0: well, it's gary, good and
1: bad good and bad and everything <laughs> yeah well gary i appreciate the
0: time you gave me to talk on my show man you know i always enjoy having you on um seriously thank you again for the time uh where can people find your uh links uh gary uh i have a website called the other and a
1: facebook page by the same name and uh, i have uh articles up there and pictures and a lot of it's about Robert Webster, but um,
0: there's a little bit of everything. Well, I'm going to make sure I link it all in the description. It's been a pleasure chatting, and thanks for listening to this episode of Out of the bar.